DTC is not going anywhere. DTC in the United States was $176 billion of revenue. And you have brands facilitating that demand. And we think that demand will only keep growing U.S. and international as well. Now, how you the demand the, the brands that approach that demand as cost effectively and intelligently as possible will perform the best and will be the most healthy businesses. The companies that pivot will get the early advantage of this model, and the people that don't, I think, it will be harder and harder uh, to you know be profitable or have great cash flow in this space. So, to me, it's I'm super passionate how supply chain can change industries and like massively change industries. And to me, in this model, as, as, we, as we unpack it through this show, portless and cross-border logistics is 1980s all over again for e-commerce. Most brands think about marketing all day, and, and I understand that I was a brand for, for many years, and I, I did my own marketing and spent millions on marketing. But supply chain is a big opportunity to increase your cash flow, increase your margins, go international, and that's uh, there's money there and to be a healthier, uh, more profitable business. So on today's episode, we'll be talking cross-border logistics via airmail and just shipping internationally. It's a great episode. You don't want to miss it. Do stay tuned. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. So welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I have a confession to make. This episode was recorded or scheduled rather selfishly. I thought that one of our businesses could hugely benefit from this service. So when the opportunity um, came to my table to interview the founder of this company, I was like, yeah, definitely. I want to speak with you. I want to build this relationship. And essentially, the the name of the guest is, is his name is Izzy. He's the founder of a company called Portless. They're a logistics company, basically, that replace... They're, they're essentially a 3PL company based out in China. So if you have a Chinese um, you know, supply chain, they, they essentially will ship direct to his company which, which is actually based in Shenzhen to their facilities in Shenzhen in, in a few days. And then from there, they're able to ship direct to your customers with a localized user experience, whether it's from the outer packaging, um, speed to delivery is about five days. Um, and I, I just think that is of enormous value and uh, massive cost savings versus um, you having or working with a domestic 3PL and um, not just working with the domestic 3PL, but, but but also, you know, when more fulfilling yourself. While you're growing from the one to $10 million mark, I don't really see why you should be necessarily handling inventory, in, in my opinion. Um, it, again, depends on the complexity of, of what you're selling. Um, there, there are some complex products that just require you to to handle them or, you know, 3PL, a domestic 3PL. But for a vast majority of, of, of products, and he's he's like in the under five pound or 2.25 kilo range in, in terms of like the, the weights of, of your product, this is hugely beneficial. So, so I just had to have this conversation with him. It's a 30-minute conversation 
um, he he knows his 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 stuff. Um, I learned a few things which 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 I alluded to over in, in the conversation, and I just thought if it's a value to me for our business because we recently acquired a you know beauty um, beauty device or beauty tech brand. Um, I just thought it will be beneficial to some of you. So enjoy this conversation, and yeah, do let me know what you think this this yeah just let me know it might not be for for everybody but for those who this might essentially help you know um yeah please please enjoy the listen and i shall catch you on the other side cheers let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back today's episode is brought to you by tedio the top rated customer experience management platform for online businesses with Tidio, elevate your sales through personalized shopping experiences. Their state-of-the-art automated chatbots not only engage customers, but also provide product recommendations and exclusive discounts based on their behaviors, driving higher conversion rates. But that's not all. Tidio significantly reduces the load on your support team. Its advanced AI chatbot called Lero swiftly answers 70% of recurring customer inquiries and so eliminates the need for human intervention. Boost customer satisfaction and amplify your sales with Tidio. For our listeners, there's an exclusive offer. Visit tidio.com slash 2x and receive a special 20% discount. Or begin with their free plan and consider upgrading later. Don't miss out. Hey, Izzy, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. Great to be here. Very, very excited. I have been looking forward to, to speaking with you. I think we were meant to speak back in July. Didn't happen. Um, we're recording this in August. Um, this would air sometime in September. Dude, um, I really love what you're doing in, in Portless. Um, but yeah, before we jump right in, who is Izzy? Um, Let's start out with who Izzy is. Let, let's 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 jump in that one. Uh, for sure, I'll jump into it. So for me, um, the reason why I would say, like people ask, like how do you get into Portless? And uh, you know, to me, there's like pieces of the puzzle that took me from growing up to starting this company, and uh, it goes back, I have to say, to my grandfather. So mm. my grandfather uh, survived the Holocaust. Almost his entire mm. family was killed in, in, in Poland in, in the Holocaust. Mm. He came to Canada pretty much on his own. And this was in the early 1950s. And he started really from nothing a dress manufacturing business, right? First, he worked at one, he learned the trade, then he bought his own machine. And over the course of 10 years, he started his own company. And, um, and that was, and, and it did really well for about 30 to 40 years. And, and back in those days, there were probably two, 300. Uh, local manufacturers in the clothing business, the dress business, the pants business, manufacturing was more or less done locally. And my father joined in the 70s and they, you know, they ran a, a small shop, but they were doing business in Canada and the US, etc. In the 80s, um, containers became standardized. So sure, there were ships before the 80s, but it wasn't efficient. You would put stuff on a boat, it would take literally two to three weeks to unload the boat. Then they started hmm. making containers where you could unload a massive boat within probably a day or two. So all of a sudden, the efficiency started kicking in the 1980s saying, hey, you can manufacture in other places around the world that might be more cost productive. Most of the raw materials came from many of these countries like China. 
and they could bring in the same or better quality and sell it to the customer and the customer wins. So for us, um, we, we saw that happen in the 80s. There was a bunch of people that uh, pivoted and they jumped and they started working with factories or built their own factories overseas. They did very well over the next, you know, 20 to 50 years as they, at this, as the small keep building out. There were some companies that didn't pivot and most of them went out of business. My grandfather ended up going very niche, very high end, very niche for a specific customer. But growing up, I saw that evolution. Like I was there when it was like things were getting already bumpy. We're like, one second, you know, all of a sudden consumers had great quality products for a better price. And at the end of the day, we weren't upset about it. It was like consumers always need a win. And they got same or better quality at better price. But to me, what, what I saw is supply chain could disrupt or different, you know, as the world evolves, your business needs to evolve. And if you don't evolve your business, you know, you may not be in business. You're, you might be one of the people that refused to pivot and simply went out of business a few years later. So when I got started uh, on my end, I got very fortunate and met some uh, incredible ex-Alibaba executives uh, that were early advisors and investors. And they introduced me to this to a new evolving model of cross-border logistics by airmail, where 10 years ago when I got started, well, it wasn't very efficient. But over the last two years, the ability to ship something from near a factory, for us mainly is China, but that applies to Vietnam and, and other countries, directly to the end consumer in five to six days is extremely efficient. And from my perspective, it's 1980s all over again. If you're in e-commerce and, it, sorry, if you're in physical retail, you've got to use traditional supply chain. Put stuff on boats, mm -hmm. put it on the shelves. Maybe it's, you need next day delivery. Okay, there's a big space for containers. But if you're, if you're strictly digital commerce or you could have a you know four to seven day window delivery, it makes no mm -hmm. sense to bring it in. And the companies that pivot will get the early advantage of this model. And the people that don't, I think it will be harder and harder uh, to you know, be profitable or have great cash on this space. So to me, it's I'm super passionate how supply chain can change industries and like massively change industries. And to me, in this model, as, as, we, as we unpack it through this show, portless and cross-border logistics is 1980s all over again for e-commerce. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, this is why I like recording the, the podcast. Um, I didn't realize that containers were an 1980s innovation. That is just mind-blowing. I thought they were like around forever. Yeah. Um, but I do remember growing up that there were um, a, I grew up in Nigeria in Lagos. And I do remember that um, there were like a bunch of merchants, like like people who got like filthily rich off the back of um, just international trade and they always were like they, they 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 made fun of them and you know with mobile phones saying hey you know is my container still on the sea and all that i don't want to get into accents but but it's it's just fascinating that it, it was an innovation and and thank you for sharing your background um the the generation the the tenacity of your grandfather you being third generation and all that you know passing on and you sort of jumping on on waves very very interesting very, very interesting story on there. Thanks for, for sharing sharing that also. Now, Portless, you guys are essentially a D2C logistics firm rather than um, you know, shipping from a local 3PL or local warehouse. Your 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 thesis is that a lot, a vast majority of your 
domestic customers will be okay with five to six days shipping. And it is going to obviously um, help your bottom line. Is, is, is that the thesis? Am I missing any of the, any of the points? Uh, that's a, that's in, fundamentally in the thesis. Where okay. Especially for most DDC, that time frame is like the normal time frame, four to seven days, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, you'd be on Amazon FBA. But people come mm-hmm. to you as a brand because you have something unique you're offering to your customers. And four to seven days is the typical uh, supply chain time for DDC. So really, our thesis is give your customer the exact same experience while having massive benefits as a business. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really, really get it. Okay, so there are two things to unpack here, right? Right. The first is benefits to the customer, which which is like paramount, mm-hmm. top and you know center. It's 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 just um you know right there center, and then the the second thing is the the benefits to the merchant to to you as a seller. What what are the business benefits from an efficiency standpoint and also bottom line standpoint? Let's start out with yep. with customer experience. Yep. I'll tell you a small story. We recently acquired a, a, a beauty tech company. It's like a beauty device company. We sell a number of devices. Most of the, the products are manufactured in China. Um, our primary market is the United States. So we ship a vast majority of all our stock to, to the United States. The remaining stock is for worldwide shipping. Um, I decided to, to run a test in the early days of, of the acquisition of this business just to understand what customer experience feels like. Fantastic boxing, you know, fantastic presentation of, 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 of the products we, we, we got in, you know, we, we got delivered to us. However, the outer packaging just screamed, oh my goodness, yeah. like China, you know, it, yeah. just, it was just soft. Um, it was sellotaped everywhere. You, you know, when something comes from China, when there's like tape, Brown, they sellotape it round and round and round. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was like, oh my God, you know, this, this is unacceptable. Yep. We have to do something about it, and we're working on on, on doing something. That, well, yep. we, 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 we've 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 come up with a solution on that. So, um, what does customer experience look like with with Portless? Um, I really think this is a massive opportunity. And what is the threshold for you know what what what's the ideal candidate you know products that um, will fit the the bill? Can I um, be selling washing machines for instance, <laughs> chip from, from China? You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Totally. So I'll, I'll jump in first, the consumer side, then the business side. So first of all, yeah. from a what company works best, it's definitely on the lighter end. Think of cosmetics, small accessories, small electronics, apparel, huge. Um, anything on the lighter end, anything that's bulky and heavy doesn't make sense for this model. Now, from the customer, 100%, it's the customer experience has to be the same or better in this model. Now, a lot of that responsibility is A, as a brand, like you have some really bad brands manufactured in China and really good brands manufactured in China. You own the quality control of your product and your brand. But as our business, as a 3PL, we've, we were actually originally merchants and we can unpack that soon. We've shipped millions of products, millions of shipments as merchants. And we know that the unboxing experience is just as important as the product quality itself. So making sure that you work with partners that understand that everything is important from experience, either it's custom packaging, really well packaged, red paper, having a great customer experience is fundamental to it. Now, when you, when in this model, when you go cross-border, delivery times are the same, but all of a sudden you as a company, your cost gets reduced. So a lot of times when you price your product, you're looking for a certain margin, 
Well, you can reduce your costs and lower that price to your customer. So your customer can benefit by simply being more effective in the back end and making it more attainable and more accessible for more customers in the U.S. Another mm-hmm. big part is international. We have brands that a huge amount of their traffic is international, but they had to charge $30, $40 to ship it because it, made, it wasn't as efficient to ship it from U.S., let's say, to Germany, or U.S. to U.K., U.S. to Australia. Yeah. But in our model, yeah. it's very cost efficient. You can ship stuff to the UK for $5, under $4 for a quarter pound, mm-hmm. and Australia as well. So instead of charging a huge amount for an inefficient model of shipping uh, from US to Australia, you could do it from one inventory hub. Everyone has a last mile experience. So if you're shipping it to the to Australian, it's Australia Post, to Canada, Canada Post, UK, Royal Mail, US, USPS. So from a consumer perspective, it looks like you have a three pill in every single major country. It's being shipped with local experience, customers exact same experience, but you can reduce your costs. So they're saving money, you're saving money while having a very, the experience they had yesterday. Yeah. So so the outer the outer package in the outer box can be branded. You can yeah. you can sort of select the quality of the cotton, you know, um, because all, all those little bits of, of detail matter. Hundred yeah. percent. And we work with them. So yeah. like, hey, we want um, honeycomb packaging. No problem. We'll help it. We help with the factory. Yeah. We just float with you. We get your design on it. Make sure you like the design. Um, yeah. so 100% make sure customer, the customer cannot have anything less if anything should have more. And that's what we, we focus on. So consumer side should be same or better and better could be from price point, more accessibility to international markets, et cetera. Now from a brand's perspective, yes. It's across, mm-hmm. it, there's many places where a brand get, takes advantage here. So if you think in the apparel space, in general, over 30% of apparel goes to waste. It just goes to the garbage because you got to take a bet. Q4 is coming up, you put a million dollars in inventory so you could sell a few million of revenue. Now what happens is you take a bet on some stuff, it does really well, but you lost the sales cycle. You got to wait till next year. Mm. You take another bet in some product, it did really bad. Well, you had to put... 50K into it, 25K into test it, because if it does well, you got to sell something for data. So in our model, A, you could be way more agile with your inventory. If your factory is done production, let's say August 1st, you could start selling it to your customers August 4th by us. Two, three days for us to take to, to bring it in, inbound it. We have a Shopify app. We just show up as location. All of a sudden, you got inventory ready to sell. Six days later, it gets delivered yeah. to your customer. So being able to turn inventory to cash goes from months to days, no container costs, and you can ship internationally with a click of a button. You want to ship to the UK market? We facilitate all that. You turn on Shopify markets, we'll ship it by Royal Mail to your customer. So instead of putting inventory all these different countries, one inventory hub, all markets, very cost-efficient in shipping, very cost-efficient pick-and-pack costs, $1 per order, um, and cash flow. Now, I I, I think cash flow is the most underrated savings here. Besides for, you know, dollars to your bottom line cheaper, you have access to cash. You can hire more people, do more marketing in your market. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. So if you have been following my journey here on this podcast, you'll know that I'm a co-founder at Octelian a consolidator of digital-first, good-for-you CPG brands. We acquire CPG brands with the view of scaling them up. We currently have a portfolio of three brands, all powered by commerce platform Shopify. 
Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage startup entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control in every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin shits from Shopify's in-person POS or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you're covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. I remember the first brand we acquired was running on another platform with quite poor conversions. We made it a point of duty to get it migrated over to Shopify and our checkout conversions literally doubled. What I love about Shopify is its ease of use. I don't think there's any other e-commerce platform that beats its usability. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify's truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brook Linen, millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24 help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash e-commerce x2 all lowercase that is go to shopify.com slash e-commerce x2 to take your business to the next level today that is shopify.com slash e-commerce x2 Hey 2 xers I want to take a moment to talk about a service that has made a significant impact on product launches for our e-commerce brands. It's called Tread. Tread first hit the market in early 2020 and has since become the go-to financing option for over 500 brands, including big names like Rosom. In just one sentence, Tread can be described as the ultimate solution for purchasing inventory, allowing retailers to sell first and pay suppliers later. As an e-commerce brand owner myself, I can't emphasize enough how helpful Tread has been for our business. Their unsecured funding and credit model, which takes into account the current financial health of a business, has allowed us to access financing without worrying about collateral. We've improved our cash flow by avoiding upfront supplier payments and freeing up funds. This has enabled us to invest in larger orders expand our product range, and even negotiate supplier discounts. And let me tell you, the flexibility is amazing. Tread offers a pay-as-you-go model with a flat and transparent fee, which means you only use it when you need to. No hidden cost or long-term commitments, just a simple and effective way to manage our inventory financing. The best part? Tread works independently of e-commerce platforms and requires minimal onboarding. It doesn't matter if you're a founder, CEO, CFO, or part of the finance team. Tread can be a game changer for your business. With taglines like sell first, pay suppliers later, and snooze your supplier invoices with Tread, it's clear that Tread is all about empowering businesses like ours 
to import the goods we need now while handling the invoice and allowing us to pay up to 120 days later. So if you're in the e-commerce space and looking for a smart, flexible financing solution, I highly recommend giving Tread a try. Visit their website on treyd.io. That's treyd.io to learn more and get started today. Now, let's get back to the show. I, I think that, that that's a really really enticing proposition you know the 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 the, the cash piece but obviously before we, t- we we talk cash it's it's always you know you, you really need to say does this work with, with with our customers and i'm glad you you sort of allayed you know some of my concerns from from a cx standpoint so from a unit economic standpoint you 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 you, you mentioned four or five dollars to, to ship from China to, to the UK which is unbelievable which is <laughs> unbelievable but but it's it's a reality um, question is um, do you have options to to use um, you know um, couriers like DHL um, you know UPS FedEx I know they charge quite a lot. Yeah. Is that an option in this model or is it just air freighted with a batch of other goods so that, um, you know, the, 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 the national, um, you know, um, um, shipping carriers, yeah. not, not shipping carriers, but postage carriers such as um, UPS and uh, USPS in the US or Royal Mail in the UK handle it, you know, last mile? Great question. So we do focus on the on the key national carriers of every country. And what we do is on our end, we'll print USPS labels uh, in Shenzhen. We put stuff on airplanes every single day. And then what we'll do is we also sort it in advance. So a customer that lives in San Diego we, we put that on planes to LA. They're going anyways, either it's commercial or cargo. Yep. And we inject it as close to the customer as possible. So we actually get cheaper shipping rates because we're not saying pick up from New York, drive across country, then go to LA, uh, the LA distribution center, then deliver. We skip the first two parts. We inject it right into Los Angeles and it gets delivered to San Diego. So we will deliver, mm-hmm. we will airmail it as long as there's planes going to the key markets as close to where the customer lives so we can reduce mm-hmm. our costs and the customer has a faster delivery time. But yeah, it is the key carriers of every country, but we go as close to the injection point as possible to the customer. Interesting. What are the tax implications for for the merchant on the one hand and also the customer? Because um, I have purchased, you know, a number, number of, um, you know, products abroad and, you know, I've been, been faced with, 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 uh, with, uh, with a lofty, you know, tax bill off the back of it um, for, for, for the merchant not, you know, paying tax or getting me to pay tax at checkout. Yep. So every country is different, but I'll talk about some of the key countries. Well, first of all, sales tax, you always got to collect, right? So if you're in Pennsylvania, you got to mm-hmm. charge the, you know, Alavera, I think, on Shopify is great software. It will, t- it will charge the local sales tax. You collect. Alavera. Alavera, okay. yeah, I believe it's called Alavera. Um, for import duties, every country is different. United States, if you're shipping to the end customer, as long as the value of goods is under $800, it's actually duty free with Section 321, uh, the minutes, uh, uh, law. And Australia is 1000 Australian dollars to UK mm. is 135 pounds. Uh, Europe, there is no minimum. You got to pay import duties and taxes on everything. So, the countries got very good thresholds, and and for the countries that have the low thresholds or no thresholds, we pay that directly to the government. So the customer ha- doesn't have that experience of pulling out a credit card and paying taxes. So we will uh, do the customs in advance. 
We'll pay directly to, let's say, the German government or the Spanish government. We'll pay directly through the carriers. We'll obviously bill our customers like, okay, for this shipping because of this value to Germany, this is the cost. And that's dynamic. But some of the major countries, the import duties have great thresholds as long as you're shipping right to the end customer. Okay. Okay. Makes, makes, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so shipping costs $5. What does, um, you know, um, what the other unit cost, um, you know, a typical, you, you, you did mention, um, five pound or less than five pound, um, item entailed. Do you, do you, do you, do you have like, you know, well storage, um, fees or what, 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 what's the other costs? You know, merchants are yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, this sounds good, but. Yeah. We've heard, we heard nightmare stories of different types of 3PLs. They have the really easy ones, the really complex ones of like tape costs and label costs. So we, we just right. get, like kiss, you know, super, super simple. There's three cost structures you got to know about. A is simply the shipping rate. That depends on the, the tiered weight. If it's a quarter pound, a half pound, a pound, two pounds, et cetera. We just give you a sheet, it's in the contract, whatever the, the weight is, that's the price. Then there's the pick and pack costs. It's $1 per order, twenty up to three units, 25 cents for every additional unit. So very affordable pick and pack. And then the last thing is warehousing. We actually take a unique approach to this. And we say, we encourage you to think of your inventory different than you ever thought of it before. Because historically, you buy inventory, you got to think at least 60 days on water, and then you got to think of, okay, you need buffer for restocks. So you're thinking at least four months. We say, no, think weeks, not months. Let's say your production time is, let's say, 14 days. Keep two weeks buffer, and you could constantly restock, restock with us. So we say, as long as your inventory is turning over within 60 days, we won't charge you any warehousing fees. If it's beyond 60 days, then we have a $25 a pallet a month fee. But again, we encourage you, think agile inventory, always restock. You don't want to waste stuff. Um, and that's it. Those are the only three things. So you got the shipping price. $25 per pallet per, per month. month or per week? Per month. Okay. Okay. Per month. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. That's that's pretty straightforward. The three. So pick and pack cost, $1 per per unit and then 25 per, 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 per additional unit. Inventory storage, um, think weeks, not months. You know, um, there's a buffer on there and then a 60 day inventory turnover 25. So, so if, if it's sitting there for more than 60 days, $25 per pallet. Um, what happens to orders? You know, some people just go like wild with orders. So, um, say clothing, for instance, um, when you expect, you know, typically one or two, you know, items per purchase, there's always that customer <laughs> come and purchase 50 items at one go. What do you do in that scenario? Yeah. So again, so the $1 is per order up to three units. If that person okay. orders 50 units, so the other 47 is 25 cents per unit. So if it's a large, I'm actually speaking to to the weight and you oh, know, um, given the fact, got it, got it, got it. So in those scenarios, we'll we'll ship it. It is, I mean, I would imagine the AOV is quite high. And what we'll do yeah. is we'll ship it as long as it fits in the in a box uh, that makes sense. It is expensive, but based on that high AOV, it should make sense, right? Like you shouldn't be losing mm -hmm. money on it. So especially if that's mm -hmm. one out of every hundred, one out of every thousand. Definitely your bottom line overall will be good. And it's not like we can't ship it. We could ship it. It'll just be more expensive, less cost effective than shipping, right? Uh, you know, half a pound for $5.80 anywhere in the US. Or Yeah, yeah. Just just wanted to, yeah. to put that use case on there. <laughs> like, we'll ship so it. We'll ship it. There, there, there's clarity. Okay. Um, 
then the the other question I have really is um, some customers will still want speed. So they they would want their items tomorrow, day after tomorrow, what have you, in two business days max. They want that Amazon experience. Um, What are you seeing there? Would you suggest we keep a percentage of inventory domestically so I could fulfill, you know, those, those customers needs, yeah. um, or what, what are you, what are your best in class merchants doing uh, yeah. with, with, with Portless? You, you nailed it. So that's exactly what they're doing. So we have one customer, for example, that 10% of their orders is express. They pay extra for express. 90% okay. is standard. So standard, we live in their SLAs, no problem. So what they'll do is they'll bring in, you know, a portion of inventory locally so they can reduce their OPEX from a fulfillment center. They don't need a huge fulfillment center. They have a smaller fulfillment center. But that fulfillment center will handle their express deliveries. Uh, if they need to do a large bulk shipment to someone, very often they'll take it from inventory. But the 90% yeah. that would have been, you know, maybe a million dollars of inventory, they can reduce that to like a hundred grand of inventory and restock very agile from the factory as the demand goes. Um for those items. So it's not a full reduction. It's like a 90% reduction of inventory. Yeah. 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 Makes, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So I think, you know, I thoroughly, I think I have a full understanding of what you guys do at Portless. Um, I just want to, before I let you go, I I just want you to, to give, um, you know, to, to, to give listeners, some tips on how to 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 to, to improve their cash flow, their margins, and you know create a healthier business in the midst of all the headwinds going on now. Um, loads of brands are still thriving, um, and the reason why I like speaking to, to to guests like you is you're not just speaking anecdotally. You you you. There's a lot of data to go through with with you know with all the the the, the transactions you're processing. So so how are you seeing your best in class customers really manage their cash flow, and you know uh, maintain decent margins? Yeah, great question. And I think to what you said as well, I fully agree. DTC is not going anywhere. DTC in the United States was 176 billion dollars of revenue, and you have brands facilitating that demand. And we think that demand will only keep growing U.S. and international as well. Now, how you, the demand, the the brands that approach that demand as cost-effectively and intelligently as possible will perform the best and will be the most healthy Mm -hmm. businesses. So A, if you're a business that is on the later end, like think of, it doesn't have to be us, but think of this model. Think of cross-border commerce where you don't need to bring in inventory Rather, you could be way more agile on how you bring in inventory. Also, there's a mm. world out there. The U.S. market is not the only market in the world. You're from the U.K. U.K. is a great e-commerce market, incredible conversion rate. AOV is a little bit lower in the U.K., but so is CPMs, right? CPMs are lower in the U.K. Australia, yeah. Canada, all great markets. If you're not thinking internationally, you're, you're leaving money on the table. Um, so, And then and another thing I was talking about with some, with some brands is from an inventory perspective, uh, work with your factories, right? So very often you got to be booking uh, with your factories in advance to get Christmas seasonality in play. Now, some of those factories, okay, but if you want um, to lock in your, your inventory, you need to go to produce, you know, a million dollars of inventory. So we had a story in 2020 where we're speaking to a factory. They wanted, I think it was two and a half million dollars for, we're selling a certain drone back then. 
And what we spoke to them was, is like, why do we need to, what's the cost of inventory? Why do we need to lock it in today versus let's see how demand picks up and then produce product as we see demand increase? They said, it's because the raw Mm. materials, you got to lock in in advance. And they figured if we have the raw materials, we're going to production. How much were the raw materials? It was somewhere between fifty and seventy-five thousand dollars. Certain chips, certain plastic. I'm like, okay, let's buy the raw materials. Sit in your factory. As we see demand come up, then we'll go through complex production, which costs, which the the product costs is where it's expensive. And if if we don't see demand, we'll save the um, the you know the leftovers for next year. We'll sell it as raw materials. So that's another area of. You know, supply chain, there's so much opportunity, either from factory to logistics, going international. Um, I would just really, you know, most brands think about marketing all day. And, and I understand that I was a brand for, for many years and I, I did my own marketing and spent millions of marketing. But supply chain is a big opportunity to increase your cash flow, increase your margins, go international. And that's uh, there's money there and to be a healthier, uh, more profitable business. Uh, I love your points on agility from the factory to, to your logistics, to your ability to, 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 to fulfill anywhere in the world. <laughs> you know, so it's a three, 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 three stack and, and it's like a three level, you know, three, 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 three stage, um, you know, um, level of execution. And yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about supply chain. Um, so when you're an Amazon, you know, merchant, it, Amazon teaches you that, yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to get your supply chain ready and, and they punish you each time you, you lag, yeah. you know, on, but, but by not staying in stock, it, it's just, just the way it is. And yeah, merchants need to take, you know, just keeping in stock very, 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 um, you know, um, they just need to, to take it very, very seriously. Yeah. I had one question around Black Friday, Cyber Monday and, and Q4 in general and how that plays out with, with the model, yeah. with, with the potless model. Um, how, does, does the supply chain hold up? How, how do you sort of adjust? Um, because traffic now is, is different you know, to, to traffic totally in Q4 in the gifting season. So on our end, what we've seen historically between Black Friday and I would say December 5th, 15th, I believe, is... Because the volume going on, there is going to be a two to three day delay than normal delivery times. But that's not on our end. It's once we inject it to USPS, their channels are usually so backed up. Now, there's not always delays, depending on USPS. Um, but if they're experiencing delays, everyone kind of even locally will have that same delay. But that's something to think about during Black Friday. Uh, during that time is that the volume is so much, um, you know, you have to you do have to expect that. But what we've okay. seen brands also leverage on the flip note is if you're going Black Friday, you know, out of stock is lost revenue. So what we've seen is brands that they have, let's say they just transitioned to us, they have some product locally, they're going towards selling out of stock, but their production time, let's say seven days. They won't stop mm-hmm. selling. They'll just add, hey, delivery time, add another seven days. But they can keep yeah. that selling because the demand is there. There's a TikTok going viral. You know, not being able to sell during demand is simply lost revenue. So that's another way we've seen people like really leverage this model. Yeah, makes makes a ton of sense, Izzy. And for those who want to find out more about Potless, it is just potless.com. That's P-O-R-T-L-E-S-S dot com. How about you? Are you active on socials? Absolutely. So I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Izzy Rosenzweig. 
uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the two places I'm, I am the most. Love the DTC okay. communities, uh, communities there. There's everyone yourself to follow, your podcasts. I think learning uh, from everyone, there's there's golden nuggets everywhere. And uh, uh, follow me, but follow everybody. It's it's a great community. Oh, well, I'll, I've, I've connected with you on LinkedIn. I'll check out your 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 Twitter and we'll link to, to both accounts plus a pointless you know, um, website on, in the show notes. Izzy, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for sharing all the nuggets, your backstory, both family and personal, as well as what I think is really groundbreaking um, from from a um, from a fulfillment standpoint, you know, Potless, what, with what you guys are doing. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for coming on the 2X e-commerce podcast. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks, bye. All right.